For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Amanda Glasner, Deputy Editor at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today is Heather Angle, Managing Partner at Strategic Cyber Partners. Heather, welcome back. Hi, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Many of us in the cybersecurity space have been following the news about the Insomniac breach. And according to IGN, the hackers behind the attack on the company, which is the developer of Marvel Spider-Man, among a few other popular game titles, have now filed through on their threat to release confidential data after Sony refused to meet their demands. Heather, 1.67 terabytes of data, which was made up of over 1.3 million files, were made public as a result of this leak. Can you tell our listeners more about that? Yeah, so the hackers who breached Insomniac have threatened to release confidential data unless they were paid 50 bitcoins, and that works out to about $2 million. And they had said within seven days, and Sony refused to meet their demands, and so the data was released. In this case, we're talking about a variety of videos and images showing the upcoming game Marvel's Wolverine. There was some personal staff information in there, a contract signed by Marvel and Sony for future projects. So some personally identifiable information, which affects consumers, but a lot of corporate confidential information, which normally when we talk about a breach, we're talking about the impact on consumers. We don't necessarily hear as much or are able to spend as much time talking about the impact on a company and what happens when their confidential data gets released, you know, whether it's pricing information or whether it's strategy or upcoming products, all of which were released with this hack. And how would you say this breach compares to other major data breaches in the gaming industry? What does it say about the current state of cybersecurity in this field? You know, I think the current state of cybersecurity in the gaming industry, we've seen breaches similar to this one before, notably in the last couple of years. I think it speaks more to the current state of cybersecurity in general, right, which is that even really large, well-funded companies, all the way down to smaller businesses, are subject to the same threats, and they need a reasonable strategy for how you deal with it when it happens. In this case, Sony's decision to not pay the ransom obviously impacted the release of the data. And so, again, the current state of cybersecurity is going to be similar no matter the size of the company. You have to be prepared for an attack like this on your organization. Consider what the ramifications would be if your critical data or your confidential corporate information was leaked. And we talked about before how a variety of sensitive information, including not only personally identifiable information about Insomniac employees, but also videos and images showing upcoming games, was made public as a result of this leak. Do you think it could lead to changes in how game developers handle sensitive information about future releases? Yeah, I think it definitely could. I mean, one of the things that was part of the data dump was a bootable version of the game. So that has a big impact on potential revenues. Some of the other things that were released were dates, slides detailing strategy and plans for some of the games in 2024, 26, and 2028. So those things may need to be changed. It's a huge competitive disadvantage for sure. What are some of the changes that we could make for how game developers handle the sensitive information? Similar to what we talk about with other organizations, we can look at some separation of duties, we can look at some segmentation, and without obviously being privy to the ins and outs of the breach and being, you know, on the ground working this level of a breach, you know, I don't know how their data was divided and separated out, but did everything need to be in one location or did the attackers access multiple locations? 
And I think just, you know, making sure again, security awareness training, understanding how breaches happen. Those are all things that we just sort of assume in technical industries that people are being taught that. And that's also not always the case. And why do you think Sony refused to pay the ransom? And kind of from your perspective, was it the right decision considering the extent of the leak? Yeah, well, there's a lot of reasons that companies decide to pay or not pay a ransom. And it can be everything from the corporate culture to the perception in the industry. You know, sometimes companies are seen as being weaker or less secure if they decide to pay a ransom because you've basically admitted that you're not going to be able to get your data back. In this case, we've seen this happen before in other industries where an organization has loudly said they're not paying the ransom and the attackers then don't have any reason to keep the data secret anymore. So it's a difficult decision. And was it the right one considering the extent of the leak? I think really only Sony can tell us that. You know, we don't know what the impact to their business is. We don't know long term what kind of impact this has on their plans and strategy. There's a lot of situations where if you're negotiating with attackers, you may not be able to pay the ransom because you might be negotiating with what's considered a terrorist group under U.S. law and you can't do that. So it's really an individual situation by situation decision as to whether or not to pay the ransom. And again, was it the right one? I think only Sony can tell us that and they probably won't even be able to tell us that until some time has passed. Heather, thank you again for joining us today and I'm looking forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks for having me. For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Amanda Klasner, Deputy Editor at Cybercrime Magazine. To hear more about this story and others, visit CybercrimeWire.com. And for more of our media, visit our website at CybersecurityVentures.com.